Wait, so what is this theory okay. you have about artists being used as like pawns for Wait, crypto validation? Okay, so like the NFT thing. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So you know how like in the early 2000s, it was a big thing to use artists to gentrify neighborhoods by commercial real estate developers like to paint a mural yeah so that's like to make neighborhoods seem safer so then like rich people would come in and like buy and invest in in real estate and like businesses would move in and stuff Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like that's what crypto exchanges try to do with nfts by using celebrities like matt and (laughs) celebrities favors the bold (laughs) and (laughs) and artists to like make art and put it on the blockchain and buy it through these crypto exchanges to sort of gentrify the space and make it feel safe so that people are like, oh, it's safe. Like, look at artists are over there. It's got to be like fine. Like Gwyneth Paltrow and Drew Barrymore are doing it. Paris Hilton, be fine. Lindsay Lohan, like perfect. Like, they're making NFTs, like artists. These like, are the trustworthy people where I want to spend my life earnings yeah. investing in. So I'm, I'm doing that. And then everybody who put their money there is just eating shit. All right, welcome back to episode three of Art Smack. Last week, we promised you guys an Art Basel starter pack, and we're going to do just that. So I'm your host, Matt Capasso, and I'm here with... Jerry Gagosian. What's going on, Jerry? How's your week? I'm good, but it's colder than that crypto winter. So guys, on this episode, we're going to focus on the Art World Super Bowl, known as Art Basel Miami Beach. Jerry and I will give you a quick and dirty download of the things you need to know for attending the fair. It's not just attending the fair. It's the phenomena known as Art Basel Miami Beach, right? It is a phenomenon. I feel like it's gotten so mainstream that people are hearing about it. It's kind of like, are you going to Burning Man this year? Yeah, I'm going to. No, no, no. I'm saving my money. I'm going to Basel this year. But like they say Basel, but they mean Miami. Like, you know, there's a lot of people when they say I'm going to Basel this year. They don't know Basel is a place in Switzerland. Jerry and I are going to tell you where to stay, what to do, what are the dates, what do you need to check out, who's showing. Here we go. Welcome back to Art Smack. But first, the only thing that makes life worth living, let's play a game. And this week, a game devised by Mr. Capasso himself. (laughs) Welcome to the game of the week. This one is called Duchamp. Or Picasso. Picasso. All right. So this one needs some explaining like all my games usually do. But I've had this theory for a few years now, and I think some people are going to hate it. This is, no, no, I, I stand this, this philosophy. I'm, I'm kind of nervous to put it out into the world. I've only shared it behind closed doors. Because people are going to be like, you're crazy. This is like, this is total crock of shit. I totally don't think so. All right. So a few years ago, when I, I first started studying art history independently. I was taking some courses at Christie's Education. I was working there. And the period of art history that's always excited me the most is modernism, from Impressionism basically up to that Surrealism period. And there are two artists within that bracket that 
I became particularly fascinated in, and that is Picasso and Marcel Duchamp. And at the same time as I'm learning this history, I'm also viewing contemporary artworks, post-war artworks, and I kept seeing a thread that connected newer artworks to the legacies of Picasso and Duchamp. When Matt and I met, he introduced me to this concept. So we'll look at a particular work of art or we'll look at an artist, whether it be like a retrospective or just an individual work. And Matt will kind of whisper to me if we're in a gallery or museum, like, is this a Duchamp or a Picasso? Yeah. And it's really fun because it's, it's always sort of this brain exercise, but it's funny because you can almost always divide any work that came after <laughs> their careers into these two buckets. These legacies. These, yeah. This is style. And like, to me, Pablo Picasso was your quintessential problem solver. Like he was trying to depict on canvas the way that we see the world in real life. Like he was using art to translate some truth or reality that he didn't feel like was being depicted on canvas before then. You always say he was trying to solve the pictorial Pictorial problem. dilemmas or problems. Mm -hmm. Like cubism is the classic example. But then we have Duchamp, who, whose work Fountain 1917 work of a urinal turned upside down, signed as R. Mutt, as this quintessential moment in art history that really kind of made everyone do like a head scratch. Like, what is this thing that we're looking at? I mean, most art histories agree that this is the start of this conceptual art movement. Appropriation. It, yeah, found object stuff. And from Duchamp, what I see is a legacy of more playfulness, more thought-provoking for the audience. So like I juxtapose it, I was thinking about this on the car ride back, like Picasso wanted the world to see something inner truth about him to highlight things that he felt that he was trying to show. Duchamp was trying to just shake your core, you, get you thinking about things, about what is art, what is an object. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've got a kind of understanding of Matt's theory about Picasso versus Duchampian artist, I'm gonna give Jerry a speed round of names and she's gonna have to come back gut reaction, whether they fall into the bucket of Picasso or Duchamp, it's totally intuitive from the gut. I want you as the audience to reflect on it and sound off in our email or in the comments about you think we're right or wrong. So let's hit it. Ready? Ready, set, go. Damien Hurst. Duchamp. Helen Frankenthaler. Picasso. Cindy Sherman. Duchamp. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Julie Meret too. Oh. Come on. Picasso. Correct. Mauricio Catalan. Duchamp. Ansem Kiefer. Picasso. Emily May Smith. Picasso. Amy Sherald. Picasso. Louise Bourgeois. Duchamp. Andy Warhol. Duchamp. Flora Yuknovic. Oh. Um, Picasso. Daniel Arsham. Duchamp. Jeff Koons. Duchamp. That was the Duchamp alleyway right there. <laughs> Robert Nava. Picasso. Richard Serra. This is interesting. Picasso. Yep. Carrie James Marshall. Picasso. You did pretty well, honestly. I think I agreed with... What do you mean, you, do you mean I did pretty well? I, I mean, subjective? I have my own takes. I have my own takes on this list of artists, but I got to say more or less you nailed it you hit all of them that i thought I, the controversial ones um <laughs> flora no i think that's that's picasso 
Nava. Picasso. Picasso. Sarah, I thought you would struggle with a little more. That's a, to me, it's Picasso. And this yeah. is why the theory, it's not limited to just painters. Obviously, Picasso sculpted too. Mm -hmm. But like to me, Sarah was solving these problems and, and depicting things and mm -hmm. objects. Um, so look. Play play the game. Try it out. Duchampian versus Picassoian debate and battle. It's not a foolproof science, but it's a fun exercise and a fun lens to view objects that you're seeing in the art world. So. Okay. So I want everyone who's listening, who still has Instagram installed on their phone to go with me on a little exercise. Go to your phone, open Instagram, and go to your explore page. What is it showing you? Depending on who you are, do you think that this content that it is offering to you relates algorithmically to pages you have historically liked, posts you have historically liked, hashtags you have followed historically, sort of the repertoire or the profile that you've built for yourself in the time you've spent on Instagram. That is the perfect segue for this week's question of the week. And what is it? Why is Instagram trying to be OnlyFans? Ooh. So the question of the week comes from Jerry and I. We took a peek at my Explore page. And this is going to sound bad, guys. But I can promise you and assure you, I don't want the kind of content that Instagram is spamming towards me on my Explore page. Jerry, like what kind of content is it that? It was like clickbaity, OnlyFansy, porny stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Jerry and I had this thought experiment, which led to Jerry posting a hilarious live video in the back of a New York taxi cab where she pondered this question. And she told the story of my Explore page and she put out a siren call for the audience to send through what's on your Explore page. And did the DMs and the comments not light up yeah. with, with people submitting their, their Explore pages? Essentially, just from going live that one time, I ended up having to spend two days in my <laughs> in my dm sort of managing the massive response and it was about 75 percent people saying oh my god yes i have noticed this drastic change in what instagram is sending me recently that has absolutely nothing to do with who i am and what i what it is i actually want to follow versus some people saying like I don't know what you're talking about. My Instagram really does match me. Like I had asked, please send me screenshots. So I had the, you know, proof on, on, I would say both sides, but it really skewed very heavily in the, yes, oh my God, what the hell is going on side. And for men, it was a lot of porn a lot of our softcore porn or pages that led to women who then would charge you for <laughs> more racy adult content. And then for women, it was plastic surgery, weight loss, and a lot of celeb body comparison footage. So, and I mean, when I say a lot, I'm saying you guys hundreds and hundreds of dms coming in so much that matt was like hello like i'm what? here like put your phone down we gotta go grocery shopping yeah 
So this was a very real sort of phenomena that I just lived the last couple of days just sort of going through this information. And it's funny because this all sort of started because Matt and I made a funny commercial for Art Smack last week. And normally my statistics, you know, they've ebbed and flowed over time. They as... typically mirror your audience. Like yeah. there's a percentage that you'll of likes or comments or engagement that you'll get just based on the size of your audience. Yeah. And I know that like, hey, I miss sometimes. Sometimes stuff I make isn't funny or maybe I'll make a joke and it's sort of redundant or, you know, whatever. Um, but I thought we'd made this very funny higher quality production little commercial for art smack that was me getting interrogated by the cia aka matt uh, about what is the art world and i had no option but to post it in reels and so because i was not you know scantily clad like in a tiny bikini you know or whatever these women are doing that are in your reels page which is the clickbaity stuff I realized I was being suppressed in the algorithm. And the reason that I realized it is because I have 117,000 followers. And when I looked at my analytics, I saw that Instagram had only shown this video to 177 wow. people. I think let's double click on that because that makes me ask the question, what is going on behind the scenes? Mm -hmm what strings are the puppet masters pulling? And a video came out a few months ago on TikTok and it was the head of Instagram. And he explained how Instagram was going to de-emphasize static images, which was the bread and butter for Instagram for a decade, and start to really emphasize reels. He said video content, but really Instagram's platform for video content is reels. And the knock-on effects were that big, prominent Instagram people like the Kardashian family really got up in arms about the shift in emphasis from pictures to videos because, well, as you can imagine, videos are a little bit harder to edit, but also the engagement levels had completely shifted and cratered. And Instagram, I think based on that backlash, did a 180. They decided to shift something else in the algorithm to bring it back to emphasize static images. But... They didn't allow us to go back to just posting videos the old fa old fashioned way, whatever that means. So Instagram did the 180 to put the emphasis back on static images. But in doing so, creators couldn't post just plain videos. Everything had to be done through this Reels platform, which then, because of the change, was then de-emphasized. So what I noticed with Jerry's video and content recently is that you're getting caught in this algorithmic whiplash and war that's happening on the Instagram platform. So on the same morning that Matt and I side by side started comparing our explore pages, Instagram had notified me that I now had a new creator tool. And I was like, oh, awesome. What is that? And I clicked on it and they're like, guess what you can do now? You can now charge for private DMing with your followers. And I was like, wait, hmm. As far as I remember, Instagram had just gone through this period of trying to be like TikTok and everyone freaked out. So they had to pull back. And 
suddenly they're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. We don't know what to do. And, oh, what's the easiest, most obvious thing? What do we see working right? Yeah, but what do we see working right now in social media? And that's OnlyFans. OnlyFans. The rise of OnlyFans as a platform has been pretty remarkable. Lord Zuckerberg has a rich history of, let's say, borrowing great features from other platforms and incorporating it into Instagram and into Facebook. My favorite example is the news feed on Facebook, which Facebook used to have the wall, which was a chronological feed. Remember the wall? Yeah. It's TBT. It was a chronicle feed of what's happening in your network. And when news feed came out, it shifted from the, the content was no longer chronological and it was blended and mixed in with advertisements and news articles and tried to be like a landing page for you as a consumer. That was purely ripped from what Twitter was doing in the early 2010s. Twitter was having massive success in drawing users over to that platform by having this curated, more intricate feed. And yeah, God, we've seen so many examples of it since, whether it's disappearing messages with Snapchat, obviously the Reels and the TikTok thing. So Facebook is now seeing the rise of OnlyFans and reacting to it. It's really kind of screwing people, smaller creators on Instagram, because it, it, what, is, what is the guidelines? What should you do to get the most engagement? Oh, so I, to bring it back to what I wanted to, to land this plane on is really what does this mean for artists on Instagram? Is Instagram the preferred platform moving forward for the artist community? For me, it still is the the primary social media platform. And I can't imagine jumping ship tomorrow or whatever. Twitter doesn't seem to be the place. It's not going to be Snapchat for me now. It's not probably not going to be Twitter or TikTok. Be, be Real is another one that's popping off but now. Be Real is where you are right there in the moment and it's for two minutes a day. You know. Oh, it's OnlyFans. It's OnlyFans. You think it's OnlyFans. Well, <laughs> that's what that's, that's the best. what Instagram is trying to turn itself into now. I think a lot of artists are having this conversation as to whether Instagram is the preferred platform for them to show their work and to keep up with their collectors and fans. And I know, I, I guess a question they should be asking themselves is, can you tie yourself to a platform that is changing as rapidly as Instagram is with their algorithm? All right, Jerry, we're going to bring back the art fail of the week because oh, something's been crawling in the back of my mind. Obviously, a big news story in the general world was the collapse of the FTX crypto exchange. Sam Bankman-Fried. Wait, had you heard of FTX before all of this? I had because of the commercials. So oh, there was a massive marketing push earlier this year, at the end of 2021, where huge celebrities were doing FTX television spots. I think well, certainly Tom Brady was involved with the buying. Larry David. Larry David, which yeah. is so funny that literally Larry David, the Kirby Enthusiasm guy, had a Kirby Enthusiasm moment where- He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it in the commercial. And yeah. it turns out he probably should have trusted his instincts. But we're not here to recap that story. But it got me thinking about not crypto per se, but I wanted to check in with my NFT kings. <laughs> I wanted to see how my guys are doing my Ethereum slangers, and obviously my guys at CryptoPunks and Yuga Labs and Bored Ape. So I, Lol. there was an article Artnet came out with where they, <laughs> they checked in with 
Justin Bieber, who was a big NFT proponent back at the craze when it was at its peak. And they listed an NFT that he had bought for over a million dollars that was now worth like something like $70,000. And that was their story. It was that Justin Bieber bought this thing and now it's worth this. So after reading the Justin Bieber article, I really wanted to check in on one of the premier NFT kings, my guy who purchased the record CryptoPunk. So back in February, a CryptoPunk, which is one of the major NFT collections, sold for 8,000 Ethereum, which is the dollar equivalent to 23.7 million USD. I wanted to check in to see how that investment is doing. Uh, so again, it was purchased in February of 2022. This person offered it to the market in March for 10,000 Ethereum, which is the equivalent of 32.75 million. Surprise, surprise, there were no takers. In June, so mere three months later, the same person offered it to the market for 9,000 Ethereum. So you think, okay, he didn't sell for 10, maybe nine he might get. But the Ethereum price had moved so much that 9,000 Ethereum is the equivalent of $9.86 million. No takers again. The latest bid that has come through on the record CryptoPunk was offered for 500 Ethereum. Someone tried to bottom feed and take him for around 500,000 US dollars. Now, post FTX, post financial market turmoil, all this to goes to show is my man maybe had bought at the top of the market and is our art fail of the week. So Jerry, after hearing that, what's your takeaway? Uh, my takeaway would be people. The cat is purring on the mic. You hear this, people? <laughs> what's your takeaway? Um, my takeaway is this is what you get when you treat art like a commodity. Ah. It's not just a commodity, people. You it gotta show it a little more love. Cultural value. Cultural value. <laughs> not just financial speculation. Okay, and now the topic that we've been edging towards this whole episode, how to win Basel, Miami. You guys, I have been going for 17 years. You've seen its evolution, its iterations <laughs> year to year. When Okay, when I first drove up, this is not a joke, in 2005, in my little 2000, 2003 gray Jetta, Great car, by the way. Love Just that a car. Phenomenal automobile. Yeah. I popped 75 cents in the meter and walked one block up to the convention center um, <laughs> that I, you know, I map quested my way <laughs> from my parents' house. And I bought a $10 ticket. I saw Keanu Reeves. I remember seeing Jeffrey Deitch, who is very memorable looking and still looks exactly the same. I remember him very distinctly. We're going to get him on the pod, by the way. Yeah, in a beautiful yeah. suit with his little round glasses. And I remember just like having this sort of somatic feeling of being like, this is where I belong. I was 20 years old. I just smoked a joint. I want to be very <laughs> clear about that. I was really Don't taking do drugs, it kids. in, feeling my way through the space. I, I do want to say that I had spiritual experience in 2005. I can get into it later. 
which I attribute to me sort of stepping into my um, and, art and, life. And not the weed. We don't attribute it, the weed to any of that. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, what's so insane is your experience in 2005 mm -hmm. is so different than what the 2021 experience and what the 2022 yeah. experience will be. Right. I think before we get into how to win Art Basel, the Art Basel starter pack, as we were calling it, like it's important to know how this event has evolved. From its roots in Basel, Switzerland in 1970, where like 10 to 15,000 people showed up in this quaint town to this novel new concept called an art fair, mm -hmm. to all this time later where estimated like 100,000 people are going to come to this event. Yeah. And it's on the level of Burning Man or any big cultural phenomenal moment that consumes social media for the entire week. I remember hearing about Art Basel, not through the press, not through my own research, but through memes about it on pages like Fuck Jerry, Beige Cardigan that were just mentioning Art Basel. And I was like, what is this thing? So it has come a long way. And what Jerry and I want to do with this segment is equip you with the tools to hashtag win Art Basel. Yeah. Like, like we want you to do it right. Yeah, because there's so many ways to do it wrong. And let me tell you, my parents have lived in Florida, my mom and my stepdad, since 1990. So I'm not really from Florida, but let's just say for the sake of the podcast, I'm from Florida, right? You do have that energy, Thanks. like deep down. There's yeah. like this South Florida uh, One thing, thing a lot on. of people don't know about me, but I'm going to say on this podcast is I did work at Hooters. In Miami. Uh, in Fort Lauderdale from 2003 to to 2005 when I went to Art Basel and had a spiritual experience. So Miami, Miami-Dade County is massive, you guys. So South Beach is where Art Basel happens. And a lot of times people will use the term Basel as a catch-all when in fact Art Basel happens at the Miami Beach Convention Center. So if you're listening to me right now and you plan on going and you've never gone before. I want you to Google that and look at that on the map, okay? Now, wherever you stay should be within walking distance of that convention center. Fuck staying in a fancy hotel, trying to impress people with five-star accommodations or whatever. If you want to be trapped in miserable traffic for hours or waiting for Ubers that will literally never show up or paying hundreds of dollars for surge pricing, whatever, be my guest. But if you want to win Basel, stay in all of the weird little junky hotels and motels by the sea that are close and walking distance to the convention center. You will thank me. You're going to overpay no matter what you do. No matter where you stay, you're going to overpay. Last year, Matt and I, remember the room we stayed in? It was like so weird. Yeah. We but... stayed in like kind of this concrete room that was like, oh, yeah. that was like oh, marketed no. to us as like some kind of like suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, like we got there and <laughs> it was, but. You could walk to the convention center at this place. And that was the most important thing. We made a rookie mistake last year. For one night, we had a rental car because we had come and gone from the airport. And we, or no, we'd come from my parents' house and we had a rental car and we didn't return it the first night. So we had the car. You remember how much we paid for a rental car? 
to park uh, it. Uh, $150. Yeah. So don't get a rental uh, car. That's a quite a departure from your throwing a quarter in the meter and, and paying yeah. 10 bucks to get into the fair. If so. you have a rental car, you're going to pay unmerciful prices to park it anywhere in Miami. Which is why staying within walking distance is the money move. Yes. So tip number one, stay as close as possible to the, the convention center. Yeah. And plan on walking, getting by. You can get bikes everywhere in South Beach. That's like the thing. And the beach is absolutely gorgeous. It's and it's yeah. so fun to ride a bike. You can roller skate, rollerblade, whatever. It's really nice. The boardwalk is beautiful. It's made for walking, running, jogging, doing all that. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Let's talk about what people should be doing. So just to quickly recap, the fair takes place. It opens November 30th, which is the Wednesday, and it goes through the weekend. Obviously, Art Basel is the main attraction. It's the big event, and you obviously got to go see that. So you know, tip number two, whatever, go see the fair. Don't go to, don't go to Art Basel and then don't go to the actual art fair because it, it is the holy grail mecca of art fairs, and it's a fun time. Actually, to argue your point, I think the Holy Grail Mecca is Basel in Switzerland. Okay, okay. Because the works tend to be better. Okay. Is that but... what is this some pretense I see on your coming off your clothes? <laughs> oh, what's going on over I'm there? I'm sorry. Right? Well, it is. Um, but okay. <laughs> but yes, you're right. You got to go there. You got to go to the fair. Like if you don't go to the fair, you're you're doing it wrong. Highly recommended is go to Nada, which is New Art Dealers Alliance. N A D A. Nada is where you're going to go see what's new, fresh, young art dealers, younger art dealers, excuse me, showing younger artists. These are the up and comers within the sort of quote unquote art industry. These are the people that you should be paying attention to. If you want to buy something, you're more yeah. likely to have luck. I you mean, can afford it, maybe, yeah. probably, unless, we're, unless you're a hundred zillionaire and you're listening yeah. to this. And I mean, when I say maybe you can afford it, a lot of times this is also a uh, nothing is available fair because these are usually rising stars that are at NADA. Another great place to go is Untitled, which is held every year in this really beautiful tent on the beach. I love going to their VIP opening if you can score a ticket. Reason being is that it's usually held in the evening portion of the day. And then you're sort of there as the sun begins to yeah. set. And it's so beautiful. The light sort of takes over. This like tent is glowing and the experience of being there with the art. And it's really, really lovely. Yeah. So our Basel. Nada, Untitled, these are the art fairs to check out during Art Basel week, but don't limit your art consumption to just the art fairs. There's tons of cool stuff that happens in the local Miami scene, and the scene brings all their big guns during Art Basel week. So my favorite's got to be the Rubel collection. The Rubel, Don and Mira are art world collecting royalty. They were so intricate to the creation of Art Basel Miami. They were the biggest advocates for it. Their world-class private collection is now a museum that is open to the public. They do a residency program where they invite artists to be in residency down there and they exhibit their artworks during Art Basel Week. So this year, they have Alexander Diop, Patricia Ayers, Doran Langberg, Jerry McGriff, Joe Messer, Clayton Schiff, Tesfaye Argesa, and their general collection is always open. It's a fun time. You got to go and check that out. Yeah. I also love, if you have a chance to go see the De La Cruz collection, they are also 
so integral to the sort of history of Art Basel and the contemporary art scene. Super Blue, which is right across the street from the Rubels. And the Rubels also have a nice restaurant at there, which is good because food is another issue. Yeah, what a, what a luxury. I mean, we w- I mean, you just end up skipping meals because you're just bopping all, all yeah. around the place. You don't have time to sit down, but... Protein bars. Protein bars. <laughs> Pack protein bars. Take your athletic greens, drink a lot of water, like all yeah. these things. Trust trust us. You'll, you'll thank us later. So those are some of the things to do while you're down there. Obviously, there's the party scene, of course. Yeah. Which... There's a party as far as I can throw Matt. So don't worry about that. Like, you'll end up at a party. Don't stress about getting to a party. Don't stress about, like, getting on a list or whatever. Like... I would actually say go with the flow and you'll end up in a more crazy situation than if you tried to plan for it. Yeah. Like I've been on Russian oligarch yachts, like barefoot being served by like, I don't know, quote unquote models wearing like Versace dresses. I've been, um, you know, at the concerts. Bumble, the Bumble yacht? No, that was not a Bumble Yacht. It was a Russian oligarch yacht. <laughs> yeah, but there is a Bumble Yacht. There was a Bumble Yacht one year. I've been on the beach one year where Peaches was giving a concert, and then at the end she ripped her clothes off and ran naked into the ocean, and then everyone chased her and got and got naked, and we all jumped in the ocean with her, which was so fun. One year I was at a party. I was too young to know who the artist is, so I really regret not knowing. So if you're the artist holler back um i i was at a party it was i was very young um i was with a friend it was a moe chandon party and um yeah no but this is the thing you don't plan for things you just allow yourself to meander and wander and you will get into these parties so my friend and i were there and we had no business being there and we get invited to sit down at this party and we're talking and it's this guy and he's the artist and it's the, the party is in his honor. I have no idea who this guy is. And that guy was Jeff Koons. No, no, no. It was, okay, so for reference, you guys, it was 2006. It was a Mo- Moe Chandon party. I, or to maybe 2007. I have no idea. And so we're all getting really trashed. So at some point, this guy's like, so you're, are you going to kiss me now? And I started laughing at him because I was like, no, why would I do that? And he's like, well, you've been sitting here drinking my champagne all night. And I was like, so what? Because like, what am, do I owe you something for that? And so then like the bill comes or something and he hands me the bill like to be an asshole. And the bill was for $18,000. And I started like laughing so hard because especially too, like in 2007, $18,000 was like, a crazy amount of money (laughs) like I just laughed so hard and I handed it back to him and I was like yeah right and I I had only seen this in movies so I just thought like now it's now or never I took a glass of champagne and I fucking threw it at him and he looked at me and he goes Tom Ford made me this suit you little cunt (laughs) And I looked at my friend, and she looked at me, and she goes, run. (laughs) (laughs) And we fucking ran out of that place so fast. So all I'm saying is, like, allow yourself to have these Art Basel experiences. (laughs) The story is, you never know. They will come to you. 
Like, don't, you know, like, don't be one of those thirsty people, like, dying to get on some, like, stupid eternal list. Like, like, will it into your existence? Like, there are so many strange and odd experiences that you will encounter. If you just, just go for a walk, like, Guy Debord style, like, go for a meander, be open-minded, like, go for a walk on the beach. I had a spread, someone sent me a spreadsheet last year for, with the events, and it was literally a thousand lines long. Like there are a thousand events slash parties that happen in like six days there. Right. So you'll be able to find something. That's our recommendation. Our other recommendation is no matter what you're wearing, like no matter how classed up you get or like how dressed down you are, just wear sneakers and comfortable shoes. Please, people, like both Jerry and I have made this (laughs) this mistake. Like so. Obviously, heels for you. Yeah, right? like never wear heels, like ever. And for me, just leather dress shoes. The amount of walking that you will do will shock you. And if you're not rocking like comfortable pairs of shoes, you will be an agonizing With, like arch pit. support. Like yeah. you sound like old people, but this is like facts, like 100%. Again, people, we want you to do Art Basel right and comfortable shoes is paramount. Like you just, hey, you had to do it. So do the high-low thing. Wear your Chanel or your whatever suit. But then, like, wear on running. But wear, like, on running sneakers on the bottom, and you'll you'll thank us. So we told people, what is our Basel? When is it? Where to stay? What to do? Social stuff. I think we just kind of wrap up with a quick, like, do or don't Should list. Should we do, like, some, miscellaneous some items. parental, like, some parental advice? Yeah, we're going to be your your parents. Like, you're, you're, you're okay. boarding the airport, and yeah. we're, we're, like, metaphorically there with we you. We should be your mom. We should be Wanda right now. We're gonna be my mom, Wanda. Yeah, we're gonna Wanda. Wanda. So we're gonna verb. Wanda. Wanda is a verb. Okay, Wanda is a verb. My mom is very, let's just say, overbearing. Yeah. Okay. Loving, gonna, lovingly. lovingly overbearing. So she's always asking me like, "Do you have a jacket? Do you, you have bring this? An umbrella? Do you have that?" You yeah. have that? So we're gonna be your Wanda. Are you sure you don't want the granola? Are you sure? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you're giving me like like traumatic. Okay, oh, ready? Okay, right, let's go. Okay, ready? So, do's and don'ts. Wanda isms for Art Basel let's 2022. Go. We already hit one, the big one, but I have to reiterate it. Do wear comfortable shoes at yes. all times. Okay. Another one. Wear breathable fabrics like linen. Don't wear inorganic fabrics like a lot of polyester no sort of wool. microfabrics. I see like wool Don't wear there. wool. What are you doing? It is so fucking Do less. humid, you guys. Yeah. But Florida's like in the tropical zone. Like, yeah, we're going to get humidity. Yeah. So that's another thing that I, I want you guys to know. Florida on the globe is in a subtropical climate. So if you're a woman or a man who wears a lot of makeup and is into contouring, don't waste your time. Your face will melt off your within face will the first melt off. five to 10 minutes of being outside. So you need to find makeup are cosmetic alternatives to a lot of makeup. It's not going to work in Miami. Not going to work. Don't trust Ubers. Don't think, oh, okay, like I Google mapped it. It says it's like 12 minutes away. We can get Uber. The traffic, it changes quickly. It's hellish. You will be stuck. If you, again, if you can walk to a place, just just pick up your two feet and go. Yes. Bike, rollerblade, Segway. Whatever the hell you got to do, just don't get in a car. Don't get into those trucks. Oh, I have a really good recommendation. So there's a chain of fast food in South Florida called Pollo Tropical. Okay? Oh. 
We love it. We love and some pollo it's, chocolate. It's, it's like the Cuban version of like Chipotle. All they serve is roasted chicken, black beans, rice, and plantains with different kinds of salsas and chips. That's all they serve, literally. And you can get a whole meal for like $6. It is delicious. It has not changed since it <laughs> opened in like the 90s. The song used to be, Pollo Tropical, oh wait, Pollo Tropical, oh wait, you never taste a chicken, chicken, so good. Don't be afraid to go into one if you need to grab a quick bite. It's good. And it's like a local thing that I think nobody like would really recognize right. unless you're from Florida. They all want to go to like fancy restaurants, yeah. whatever's down there, but just just yeah. don't don't emphasize Joe's the Crab out. Shack is like yeah. the cool place that right. everybody wants to go and like hang out and see mega dealers at. So if that's what you're looking for, go there. Where do you order it? I think that should no, be anti perspiration. Sorry, yeah. I know people who are against like Aluminum. Just it's just we don't want to smell you, honestly. Yeah. We, just, we just don't want to. So it's just humid as fuck. You know, just do that. Do you want to give a public service announcement? We were oh, okay, yeah. This is a serious one. Okay. I know I'm like joking about like getting drunk and like whatever, throwing champagne on art whatever. I know. But wait, I wait, let me set the stage. And now a public service announcement from Jerry Kagosian. This is a simple one. I know that Miami you know, Miami Vice. Um, what was the one with Will Scarface, Smith? Scarface. Scarface. What was the one with my with Will Smith? Like, Welcome, Welcome to Miami. To Miami. Yeah. I'm Anita Miami. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I know that Miami is very famous for Colombian gold, aka cocaine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but listen, my friends. It's a different time and it's a different world. And there's this new substance that has been introduced called fentanyl, fent. And it's extremely dangerous and it's killing people like normal people who think they're just, you know, doing a little whatever. I don't want that to happen to you. We love you guys too much. And we're so we're going to keep this short and sweet, but just no white powders. No white powders. Just keep it to your drinks. Drink water <laughs> just... in between. I don't get do the tempted. mojitos, mojitos, margaritas. <laughs> you want like some beer, whatever. You know, have your mezcal. I've heard your mezcal like kind of brings you to that same level as cocaine. Just keep it like PG thirteen. Yeah, know? like keep it, keep it in that, in but that frequency. No white powders. We no, we love you. No white powders. I think this is our biggest point, what? and we hinted at it. Is you got to be flexible. Yes. Favorite line from Of Mice and Men: The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. So you will plan to do A, B, C, D, E, F with H, I, J, K, and you will probably end up missing a lot of things. Don't beat yourself up for it. Don't get in that Uber and drive two hours just to get to the cool party. You'll have missed so many other things before that, probably within a stone's throw where you currently are. Yeah. So be flexible. Allow yourself to wander and be surprised. South Beach is awesome. Art Basel is awesome. There's so much cool stuff to do. I just say, I say do never more than, never promise to do more than two things a day That's in, a good rule in of Miami. And that way, everything else will be a surprise. You'll run into somebody, you'll end up getting coffee with a friend, you'll end up like, I mean, go for a walk on the beach. There's tons of art activations and installations. Oh, yeah. There's so many, I'm going to be throwing a party on the beach. 
There's so many things that like- You're throwing a party on the beach? Yeah. Am I invited? Maybe. In conclusion, people, we want you to be ready for Up Isles of Miami. But just be ready to have fun and explore because there's so much. It's kind of like going to Art Disneyland. So we hope this was helpful. We yeah. hope you feel prepared to, to take win. on, to win Art Basel, Miami Beach 2022. I think that about wraps up this episode. Jerry, what are we calling this one? How to win Art Basel. That wraps up how to win Art Basel. It's plug time. Make sure you head over to Spotify on the Art Smack page and give us a review. Give us five stars if you're really feeling nice, because that way more people can find the show. Go to gogozian.com. The website's been updated. Become a premium subscriber for the following reasons. One, of course, you get access to everything Jerry's ever written, which is a treasure trove of goodness. But for Art Basel, all premium subscribing members who are attending will get invited to two events that Jerry is throwing that week. One is a fun art walk tour with Jerry herself. Mm -hmm. The other one is a fun party on the beach. And who doesn't love a fun party on the beach? So that is the invites and all Actually, these... with an amazing artist who we can't announce here. It's going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. So again, you have to be a premium subscriber to get the download, to be on the list. So subscribe for that reason alone. So that's it. Yeah. Fun episode, guys. This time we'll say, see you in Miami. See you in Miami. <laughs>